Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. You can find Marty and I at HyperClean Specialists on Facebook or at hypercleanstore.com. We have a special guest today, Jason Kilmer. Him and I are going to geek out a little bit, have a little fun, talk a little detailing, talk a little sanding. We're going to save the boring, hey, Jason, you tell us your story thing. We don't do that here. So if anybody wants to find Jason's story, it's all over the internet. Owner of KXK, one of the best sanders and cutters of paint probably in our industry, and somebody I'm really, really excited to to share an episode with and let's let's have some fun i want to let everybody know something about jason and i we we actually have i think a mutual admiration jason we we dm back and forth about work we share and and ideas we share and things we talk about and 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 it's a special thing when you start connecting with these people in the industry that are different but like-minded you know different but understand each other's background hey where'd you get your start so I want to talk about something to start the episode off is sort of your idea of sand to improve and not mm-hmm. remove, because yeah. I, I honestly think that's hard to get across in a picture. Yeah. I think you share it and, and whatever. Walk people through. When I think of sanding, man, you know, I'm a guy just getting started. It's like I'm removing tons of clear coat. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get guys to see it a different way. Walk me through what sanding to improve, not remove really means. So I coined that phrase uh, back when I was at Griot's. We we did a sanding class at Griot's garage when I was there, and we would use pink erasers. (laughs) And I, right off the top of my head, I was like, okay, guys, it's a junk car, but we want to not burn through. So sand to improve, not remove. That literally was a thought that I had right there, right then. And it, it, uh, through the years, it, it just made sense. There are cases on OEM cars we want to sand to improve, not remove, because of the lack of clear, especially now with, you know, these cars coming up, you know, we have under 100 microns, complete total level. So, you know, yeah, I get a little crazy when I sand because I I know exactly, not exactly, but I I know how to navigate if I'm going to get in trouble. And I know by doing it so long and so many hours on the block, I know when I'm getting close without a gauge. Um, but anyways, for the most part, cause guys, they, they see me smashing with the block and, you know, yep. and, and the aftermarket stuff that we do on the custom rods, that is bodywork painted, primed, blocked, everything. So I know, <laughs> I know that I have X amount of material. And yeah. stuff still happens, but I can smash on that. And I, the goal, the goal in that is not paint preservation. Yep. It's making it look as good as I humanly can make it. If I burn through a spot, we repaint it. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's a very interesting part. So let's, let's chase that little rabbit here. And, and so when I really started to sand in my career, I don't know if anybody ever got into the show truck scene with the guys that had the speaker boxes in the back of yeah. the truck. And, you know, that was the same thing, right? They'd put a hundred mils of, of clear on the truck and you can just go down another mill and another mill and another mill. And it's, it's endless because they're chasing 100% because they're chasing a ribbon or a trophy at a show I think one of the interesting parts is, is that some people don't realize you got to separate the two, right? A show car that's, that's completely built for somebody to do something like you're talking about, just hammer down on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is very different than doing a Tesla. Oh, absolutely. And so, and so one of the weird things that we need to talk about here is how much sanding should go on on a Tesla we know show cars, hey, man, we're here to sand. We're here to block these out. We're here to, to push this C10 truck to the, to the brink or a, a 32 Ford Roadster to the brink because that's what's being paid for. And by the way, guys, you're being paid for that. Mm-hmm. Those show car guys, if they're good ones, they're paying you. They know it's big dollar. They're invested in it. I got a Tesla come in my shop, Jason. And 
This guy says he wants perfection. This happens every day around the United States, especially. Uh You got to talk him out of that, right? Because (laughs) Tesla is not going to survive here in a desert, 115 and sunny, very long if I start standing on a Tesla. Walk guys through modern clear coat and what you see happening and where sanding fits in on these vehicles. Um, on modern stuff, every time I touch a block to a modern car, I'm scared. I have a healthy fear because I know there's not much there. On some cars, yeah, in the early 90s, um, mid 90s, 2000s, yeah, we, we had 160 to 180 microns. I'd sand on that without, without even thinking. Um, but on the newer stuff, we don't, you know, we still have about a mil and a half to two mils and we have to have that film thickness for UV and UB protection. That's not, that's not going to change much, but it's the way it's applied on these vehicles. That's different. It's not, um, and with the water-based base coats that plays a role in the clear coats and their longevity, um, you know, we're seeing bird etching and things like that really play havoc on these water-based base coats. There is some sort, I, I don't know it. I, I, I've tried to ask some manufacturers and I don't know if they know the answer, um, but there, there is some correlation of issues that we're having since the waterborne base coats, not the clear coats. They're working on that, but, but as of now, it's still solid based clear coat, but there is some core. I guarantee you there's some correlation between that. So we have to be real careful on, uh, on what we do. Yeah. And, and remember, you also got to have the skill set. You know, that's where you yeah. come in, right? You know, you're, you're an owner of KXK. You're, you're, you're in this world. You're deep in this world. You want people to buy product. You want people to come to your training and get the skill set. You would be one of very few people I would advocate guys to go get training with uh, in detailing. I've told you that before. We have a very short list that we would ever recommend here at HyperClean. And I don't know that some of my guys that have been with me five to seven years, I'd want them to sand without my supervision on a Tesla or on a Toyota today currently. Go back to when I started my career. I'm in a 10 bay volume detail setting where, where, where I'm working and everybody has sandpaper. Because there was no fear. You know, you said it yourself. I think now that's why I'm advocating for guys. Hey, man, your paint depth gauge has got to be your friend, but you got to understand its limitations on on modern surfaces. And you got to ask yourself, what's the return on investment, right? (laughs) If I go sand a Tesla or a Toyota and I burn through the hood and that guy was paying me 600 bucks for the job, that that isn't where we want to be. Like. You're, you're now, you're now negative on that job. You're in a repaint and here's something we're visiting here in Vegas. Yeah. You can't get into a body shop. Yeah. Body shops are six, eight months out. I mean, well, and if you can, if they can get product because of raw material. So, yeah. So this is where we're playing a game of let's talk about our business of being a detailer and let's talk about our skill set and where it fits. You're doing show cars, man. Do your thing. They're paying you. They're, you're in that game. Somebody brings you a Toyota, you know, Sequoia. You got to use your paint correction brain and your standing brain to your advantage. And, and taking a 2019 Tundra to within an inch of its life gets you what? But a headache maybe down the road. Yeah. And, yep. and so walk guys through, um, I used to call it scuff and buff, you know, uh, where I used to use sanding, you know, something along the lines of 2,500 or 3,000 if I ran up against heavy oxidation. I think one of the things I see people do with oxidation is they fight it with a pad. Their pad gets gummed up with that oxidation and they're finding it's taking them so long. So walk guys through something like, hey, I got a, a 2005 BMW that comes in. All the flat panels are hit really hard by by oxidation. Walk somebody through how you would see that with sandpaper as a benefit rather than heating the panel up and really beating it up with a pad. Yeah. So what I would do is I would take, you know, we just released our uh, KXK sheets, our foam sheets are much like a style of Trizac. I would take one of those that's slightly used and I would just wrap it around the block and I would, I would use it like I'm playing a vehicle. And that does a couple of things that does that removes the oxidation. 
it gets off the contaminants, iron contaminants, because let's face it, sometimes paint holds on to contaminants that an iron remover and a clay will not remove. Yep. Where you see little dots, and you know that when you polish, you get little dots in your polish ring. Yep. You know, and the only way to remove that is to lightly scuff it up. Yeah. So let's that walk, sounds let's, crazy, but it, 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 that's it, the only way that, to remove. It. And and so let's walk through decontamination because you just kind of opened up something, and people are going to be surprised by this. I think one of the why well, I have said this on the podcast: the most misunderstood thing in our industry is clay bar. Clay of any kind. What a lot of people think is clay is going to like pull stuff out. What a lot of times happens is if it's a deep embedded contaminant, it shears it off. Yeah. It's and a so breakup. It's, it's yeah, a yeah. Break. People don't realize that. that yeah, it's yeah. A break. It actually has a brace set in it. Yeah. So you, you clay and let's say there's still iron contamination or whatever deep into the paint and I clay it. I just shear that contamination off and there's still some left in the paint. What yeah. you're saying is exactly how I feel. I'm in a heavily contaminated situation, heavy oxidation. That light sandpaper, and and reminder what we're saying, guys, here. We're not telling you to grab 800 grit. We're no. telling you to oh. be very gentle here with in the sandpaper world. Use yeah. it to your advantage. Like I said, uh, you know, maybe some heavier oxidation, 2,000. You know, if you have the skill set, 1,500. But I've always had success with something from 2,500 to 3,000, where all I'm trying to do is almost love on that paint rather than go after that paint. And I'm just trying to create a more consistent surface to go after and have a much more enjoyable session with my polisher, where yeah. I'm not having to sit there and, you know, vibrate on the panel for the next, you know, three hours to get it under control. Yeah, you know, with the, uh, the, uh, uh, invention of the basically 3m came up with trizac that material is meant to go in the orange peel remove a scratch and get back out without removing without removing peel and really not removing any material it's just cool. meant to get in and get out so that's that's what i use and it's just a light scuff just like this and it gets off the contaminants and now we're we're at an even playing field now where we have a fairly consistent scratch pattern that we can quickly polish out. Yeah. And again, here's where this would go wrong guys. And let's talk, you're, you're, you're much better at the technique than, than I am, but let's talk about where training would come into play. Mm -hmm. Part of the issue with sandpaper and you remember the old, you and I were joking before we got on here, the yeah. old McGuire's blocks or the old three M yeah. blocks that were super wide and bonk, it felt bonk. good in your, yeah. yeah, it felt uh -huh. good in your hand, but whatever. Uh -huh. <laughs> Part of the issue is when you're doing this scuff and buff, if you start to lean on that block and you dig an edge in, now you're creating not only inconsistency, but danger. So yeah. how do you keep that level? And this is where your training comes in, right? Like this yeah. is what you're really teaching is consistency. I don't want to speak for you, no, but I think that's, that's what true. you're really teaching is yeah. consistency, how to hold things, how to maneuver around the panel. So walk guys through how important you can take a scuff and buff, which should be fairly easy, and you can create a ton of damage. You start digging in edges. Walk guys through why training is important in that instance. So what what it, it's very, very simple. It's all the same from washing a car all the way to coating. We are there's shapes on a vehicle, and we need to go work with those shapes, whether we're cleaning it, whether we're washing it, whether we're coating it, you know, if there is contact with whatever we're using from our wash media all the way up to our coating applicator. If we make contact with that surface and we don't teeter-totter high and lows, we're good. The problem is people don't focus on shapes. They don't see shapes. They just go to town. Well, why are you moving your polisher if you have a fender that's shaped like this and you're moving your polisher like this or across like this? You're going to burn through eventually. Yep. You have yep. to move it like a lowered car on a speed bump. And how you do that is you come in at it sideways. Yep. And you don't so, put pressure on the leading edge. Do you, do you think part of the technique issues that we see, I'm sure you see in training, and this isn't to get on somebody that doesn't have the knowledge. You yep. and I learned a lot of technique with the rotary. When you yep. worked with the rotary and you became good with the rotary, yeah. 
I say you always kind of like scalloped into the body line. You, you, come know, you always, you always kind of came in and create those little half circles, yeah. you know, because you were so frightened after the first time you screwed up and you yeah. were on a body line, you didn't want to be anywhere on the body line, near the body line. You yeah. were scared of body lines, a healthy yeah. fear of body lines with the, the original, you know, look at those gritty 3M compounds and wool pads. I mean, yeah. anything would go bad very quickly. Yeah. And so when you look at sanding the way it's always made sense to me, as I look at it through the rotary lens mm -hmm. of I'm going to go up to where the danger is, but I'm going to fight the danger a different way down the road. Right. So yeah. if I was going to do a hood that had, you know, one of those steep edges going into the, to, to the next body panel, mm -hmm. I would scallop that whole thing by itself. And you may see a little part where I haven't gotten to yet, but I'm going to go back and get that when I'm focused on getting that. I'm not going to necessarily do it all in one chunk. Is yeah. that kind of how you see it as yeah. well? Yeah, it's major on the majors, minor on the minors. Um, and with my lack of de depth perception, my left eye, I would burn through all the panels in my earlier career. So I, I learned a technique with my lack of use of my right arm. I can't control the buffer either. <laughs> and it's opposite. So when I come into a, a, an edge of a panel, I put my pressure on the inside of the edge. What that's creating, I can go into the edge and over the edge, but as long as my pressure in the center of the spindle is on the inside of the edge and it clears, the, the, the rotation clears on the way in and on the way out, it clears that edge, I'm fine. Yep. That's kind of how, yeah, you're, you're saying yeah. it differently, but that's how I see it as well. Right. Because, yeah. and, but again, it goes back to, there was some advantages to working with subpar technology when we started, there was a lot of disadvantage. Most of it was disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, but the advantage is you really had to see shapes of the car, like you said. Yeah. And if you didn't see it, like you said, the You'd mistakes I've made, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd be repainting, yeah. you know, half the car and, and look, yeah. we're all guilty of that. I think one oh, of the yeah. things that, that the internet does is makes everybody believe that everyone that they're watching is perfect. No, the only I way that I, I burned through yesterday, people are going to be shocked to hear that. You know that, right? Yeah. I, I burned through everything I touch. I burned through something because I take it. And again, this is my mindset. This is where I've come from. This is what made me who I am good, bad, or indifferent, I, I push the envelope. I mean, I'll push it where, and the reason I do that and the reason I teach that is because if I push you to the absolute brink of disaster, you're learning something about yourself that you didn't know. You are becoming that much better. Now, when you leave, I want you to tone it down 10 notches, but you just did something you didn't, you didn't even think was possible. So, so, it's, so it's walk me through where that would fit for the average guy. You're working on things you're being paid to push to the edge. Yeah. You know, yeah. that wasn't always your career. We all started somewhere. You know, sure. we all, we all got our start. So talk to the guy that's 22. He watches what you do. Mm -hmm. He's like, man, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I get that comment probably like you a thousand times a month. And I always say the same thing. This isn't what you think it is. No, it's okay? not. It's, it's not. not what you think it is. And I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to be the guy that tells you the truth. Cause I think that's yeah. what we benefit from here on the podcast. Yeah. Walk guys through. Okay, man, I'm going to go down this road. Number one, I tell people when you are really doing high end work, it's a lonely place. Yeah. You yeah, know, you aren't hanging the only guy on the car. <laughs> yeah. You aren't working around a hundred people. You aren't interacting with a bunch of people. No. You know, luckily we have phones now. If you want to blow off some steam, you can give me a text and say, Hey man, what are you up to? And get five minutes of just interaction. I don't think people realize how isolated the life is. Yeah. And you really have to be somebody that enjoys that, but walk guys through, okay, my career starts in 2022. Mm -hmm. what am I looking at to get to your level? What kind of sacrifices have you made? What kind of time have you had to invest? And, and what does that look like? Because you and I have a lot of conversations where we think that conversation is not being had enough. So yeah. let's walk through that part of the, the story right now. Yeah. So um, 
if let's say a 22 year old starts right now today i have more hours spent on the buffer and sandpaper than than you are alive so if that if that puts into perspective and i've studied it along the way but i've also worked with the best craftsmen not in the detailing world i don't how should i put this i don't classify myself as a detailer my mentors are in the custom bodywork and paint and fabrication yep. that's where that's where i get my skill sets that's where i get my thought process um it's just led into the detailing segment yep. um but <clears throat> to go back to the original question you have to know the basics you have to know the basics you have to set that foundation because the more you know, the more you can achieve. If you try to skip steps, some people can do it. Uh, maybe a handful of pe- five, five to 10 people in my career that are just naturally that good. Maybe. And, I mean, think and- about how little that is, guys, in a 20 plus year career. I mean, you only, that means you're not even coming across one a year. <laughs> You're yeah. coming across, that's once every four years, you're coming across the guy maybe. or gal that can do it. Maybe. And like you said, maybe. maybe. Um, that's what the story you want to tell. And, and now you're talking about craftsmanship. You're getting away from, you know, we're having a conversation internally that detailers need to pick whether they're going to be a tradesman or a business owner. Mm-hmm. You can be an electrician until you're 75 years old. They're tradesmen yeah. and they make a lot of money. Jason Kilmer is building a tradesman like career where you go out and you're highly specialized now in your career and you're going to be brought in on big projects and it's going to pay your bills and you're going to make, but you even jumped into other things to diversify away from just being the tradesman yourself. This is a story guys need to hear. I think it's great when people say, this is what I want to do. I know guys in the body shop world like you, they wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. But they're in the one to 2%. The other 98% yeah. one out. They're yeah. like, Hey man, this is yeah. it's too hot in here. I don't want to block yeah. cars all day. I yeah. don't, but there are people that want to chase it. And, and one of the things we need to start telling guys is you can detail the rest of your life. It's just not going to look the way I think you are being told it's going to look. Yeah. And so when you tr- chase what you've chased, which is a very small percentage of people willing to do it, we, I'm not discouraging anybody. Hell yeah, man. Let's go chase it. Go for it. But don't, but don't be a liar about what it is. It's well, hard work. It's, and, it's, and that's, it's crazy. That's the thing. Um, you know, I have detailers that come in and train and they're like, I'm going to do a whole car. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I'm like, go for it. But trust me when I tell you this, it's a lonely road and it, every part of it sucks. We're talking you know, I might have 10 hours on the door doing this. That's and step not fun. In, and stepping back and, and looking and, hey, is this where it needs? People don't yeah. understand that stress. That is true stress because yeah. you're going to the final point on the pin, right? You're, yeah. The pin's been built. Now we're talking about the, the tiny little part that brings the ink out. I yeah. tell this to people about cars at Pebble Beach or Amelia Island that are chasing ribbons that I have in my career. And I know you have in your career. Have you ever thought about what a hundred hours looks like? What? 150, 250 on these cars are nothing. Exactly. Have you thought about what a hundred hours is that you go blind? I mean, you literally will go to sleep and see paint. You'll wake up, you'll see paint. It was a road. I thought I wanted. It was a road very quickly. I realized, Hey man, I've done my time. I really appreciate the, where I got my skill set. I think I would enjoy this a little bit more. And it wasn't that the next thing was easy and one was hard. It's all hard. It's all hard. Yeah. There's no, and we want to stop that conversation, right? Because what let's get into the, to the next part you train. And so you see guys come in and you see guys that are talented and you see guys that have a future, but how many guys don't really have the work ethic and Uh, that's, what's going to propel you, right? Yeah. Most of them, most of them. I have, 
a, a work ethic um, like no other. Um, where my limitations are is my physical. Where when I sand in the day, I can now, being 42 years old, I can barely get out of bed. Wow. But I still push myself. Now, I'm pushing myself less, but that's how hard I pushed myself when I was in my 20s. I pushed like no other. And that's what made me who I am today. But I knew getting into this that I have a very short span physically. That's just the way it is. Um, so I, I create, I did started the training and I, and I enjoy training. I thoroughly enjoy it. Sanding a car, if I never have to sand a car again for money, I would be great. If I could lock myself in my garage, tinker around with sanding blocks and mess around on a car and train, you'd never see me come out of my garage. Yeah, that's it. I think there are a few points, hopefully everybody is listening pretty closely, where you're talking about two guys with a lot of years. And I always tell people, I don't want an out. You know, I, I'm not one of those guys that's looking for a way out. I'm just realistic on what it all looks like and what it all is. And so you have to be very fair with yourself that at 22, man, I, I think this is where you and I have connected. We don't actually connect over skills as much as work ethic. You and I, I mean, we can text last night at, you know, 10 o'clock Pacific. And it's like, I'm going to answer the phone, right? Like, yeah. because I'm built for my team start at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. My last team doesn't go home until 6 p.m. That's over the last 12 years of my life. Yeah. Every day. We've never missed a day as a company. Never once. Now, there's sometimes we can't work holidays. Fourth of July out here, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But working days. My company's never missed a day in 12 yep. years. And I have people we've shared on this podcast that triple their income in a month and then complain that it's too much work. And yeah. they're right. It's a lot of work. It is a lot but, of work. You know, what's the alternative? And this yeah. is kind of where I want to come at it with your training, with your background, where you're at now. You talk about physically what you're going through. Is there any other way than the work? Because I, everybody wants yeah. to think that there is. There, I think there we wanted is, to, there you is, know. there is, but you have to earn it. You have to get there. Exactly. I've earned it and I've got there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, I, it, I, I, I wrote the book on sanding. You know how many people said, Jason, that's a bad idea. No, everyone has a sanding block that I've either personally made by my hands or it's a KXK block. I created that space. Me. Yeah, that that's, that's and it. by the way, for I, those I for those that weren't that there, yeah, for those that weren't there, that's the exact way it's true. Because sanding blocks were a complete afterthought for hell, how old's KXK? How old, I'm uh, not long well, I started the whole block thing years before that. I started doing blocks back in 2013. So you think about in my career, that's 15 years in. Yeah. So for 15 years, we were using those, you know, I mean, I didn't know any better, right? Yeah. You just didn't know any better. And, yeah. and so let's take it now to the innovation part. And this is one of the things we're trying to do. You know, we've sent you stuff we're testing. We mm -hmm. talked about it over the air, things that's, that aren't right. I'm always shocked, especially now being in the, in the, in the uh, product space like you are different part of it but still in the same sure. thing how few innovations really take place we're right. we're always being told can't do that can't do that this can't happen that can't happen I, I shared this with you guys off the camera here i got like 50 bottles of products on version one or version 10 and they're not even these aren't even products that are on the market mm -hmm. we have that instilled in in us as detailers because nothing's ever good enough yeah i think one of the craziest things i've seen from the product space is how little innovation is in the detailing world. And yeah. so when you look at KXK, the stamp you really put wasn't the blocks. It was doing something that nobody else was willing to do. Yeah. Well, A, they're not willing to do it. And B, they don't understand it. Let me give you a quick story. Uh, this gentleman makes products. I'm not going to mention his name. 
and he owns an acrylic business too. And he calls me up and we chatted and he's like, I want to make a block. I'm like, okay, make a block. I said, but before you do that, let me just give you some little advice. I know this block better than anyone else in the world. And there's design, there's years and years and years and 20, 30, 50 years behind it with my mentors combined. So you can do that, but you're not even come close. So let me save you the time and just say, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> so what he did was he sent me a box of acrylic for my custom blocks. He knew and, it. Yeah. I'm like, go for it. Nobody there, there has been some copycats and that's okay because yeah. it's just, a, it's, it's a different idea, right? It's a different take from the same problem, but I can guarantee you, I know it better than anyone else in the world. Oh yeah. And so let me piggyback. That's what I found in chemicals as people started to test as Marty and I went through the rebranding and we started to think through our future now people use our chemicals and they're like, yeah, we didn't know this could work this way. And it's like, well, yeah, I have to put them on cars. So you have so many chemical companies, and this isn't a bad thing, that have lived in a laboratory and nobody at their companies ever detailed cars, including somebody that maybe has inherited the business. They're just, they may be car people, but they're not detailers, yeah. right? So they use a product and like, well, this product smears, it's no big deal. I'll just keep buffing. Well, no, the more you buff, the more you scratch, the more you want to get the towel off the car. Yeah. Right. Get yeah. the towel off the car telling me to just flip the towel over and keep buffing it. Okay. Now I'm on a black Honda S 2000 with the softest paint on the planet. You're telling me to do that. And my car's all marred up and I just did paint correction two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, I started to find out how many people didn't live in the real world of detailing. Mm -hmm. And so I kept, and we still get it today. I shared this as well. <coughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. That can't, not possible. Well, we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. We're going to do it. And yep. if it's two years from now, I'm not saying you're wrong that it's not today. Yep. I'm saying we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so if you take that same idea that started my career and your career, it all comes down to the work and not being satisfied. Yep. Exactly. And so many guys don't want to do that. They just want to be satisfied with the status quo. Exactly. You know, and, and you can make the best product in the world. But if the end user, which is you, don't know how, doesn't know how to use it, it doesn't matter how good or how bad that product is. Yep. It's the Great person point. behind it. Now, we can make products that are easier, and they have come up in technology. I mean, from yeah. 20 years ago five years ago even yep <laughs> but that's made detailers lazy they think that just because they have a product or a machine or, or a sanding block that they can use it they know how to use it no that's yeah. not that's that's, any, that's that's the farthest thing from the truth now off camera you can send me a product and i can say nick i've shot holes in this product let me yeah. tell you where the issues I see, because I know paint. I study paint. I know it real well. It's part of me, in fact. Uh, Nick, I, I think if we do this and this and this, or make it more slick or have a little bit of grip or this, I think if we can do that, there you go. You're not going to take that information and go, well, Kilmer, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're going to take it as, okay. Jason just told me this is his experience and I'm going to take that to heart and he's probably right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, and, and by the way, that used to be the product development of so many companies and that's been abandoned. That's been, a, I mean, you know, look, you work for a company. I, I did uh, beta testing for a bunch of companies, <laughs> man. I used to be listened to a lot in 2005. Yeah. I'm not listened to hardly at all by bigger companies in 2022. Uh, and it's the disconnect of that that's really created such subpar product. Well, you know, you look at the last big project that that was done with, and that was the Meguiar's microfiber cutting pad. Yep. That was the last project that was made by 30 detailers. I wasn't a part of that particular project, but I knew all about it. And they basically bit holes in it for five years. 
before it was released. Yep. And they didn't have one failure. Now there there was failures back in the day, but that was a glue issue. That was not McGuire's issue, but there were some people that almost got fired because of it. That's what detailers don't see the background of this stuff. They don't see the 18 months we had in KXK trying to figure out how to glue the stupid acrylic and foam together because they're dissimilar products. Oh, that's, I see, you know, I hope everybody listens to that part because I get told about how many people think they know what goes on, right? You'll hear those opinions. Oh, somebody's just going here and buying this. You can tell that stuff. You can tell that, you know, you can tell the people that are thinking through their product line and people that aren't. And if you can't piece that together, you got much bigger issues than your skill set. Like you, you need to really start understanding the business that you're in. So let's, let's jump to a part of the detailing business that I think you're definitely the leader in this, which is training. Okay. And we'll finish on this today because I want to take training into where we see the economy, which is what you and I really connected on to come on here. We have so many people out there. I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer. Come to my training, spend this money. I mean, guys got to be confused, Jason. I would have been confused. I'm trying to see it from. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, I'm confused as well. Walk me through as somebody who's really starting to move his life in this direction. You're obviously super passionate about it. You've put your whole career into this. You're now ready to teach people. How do you see the training space, not only from a confusion perspective, but what, what do guys need to be looking for? What do guys, how do we get guys pointed in the right direction and get them off on the right foot? Well, first of all, you have to look at yourself and say, where do I want to go? Where do, do I want to stay on cars like Jason? Then I'm definitely your guy. Um, do you want to do more of the business part? And do you want to hire a team? Then I may not be your guy. Um, you really have to focus in and take all the fluff and stuff out of it because I don't necessarily advertise. We advertise on Gloss University. And that training is, that's like body shop that that's manufacturing that's everything on the one that that is a special program that that is a whole different entity um but the the training part of it is only the the tip of the iceberg you can be with me for two days or five days but after though that time spent it's on you to focus it's on you to practice and there's only a few guys that have tapped into that because i've called guys how you doing have you tried something new? No, not really. Um, why, why did you waste your money? You didn't waste my time because you paid me for that. Yeah, exactly right. But you essentially wasted your money. And your time and your yeah. effort. And yeah. yeah, some of this training stuff seems to be guys think it's cool to show off on Instagram. I'm going to this training. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I totally get that. I get I, it too. I, I, I get and, it. And by the way, I was, I, I was probably fall into that early in my career, right? I, d- I didn't know why I was doing things. I was just, you know, you and I, <coughs> hey, this guy will teach me this. Great. You know, it was just a different type of training. Mm-hmm. The one thing we want to get across to guys, and I would say is important, is like you said, hey, man, I'm going to, to learn from Kilmer how to sand a car. Go learn that skill. Put it into your arsenal where it fits for you. Don't go thinking this training is going to solve all my problems. No, because it's not. There's, there's, it's not. No, there's no training out there that's going to solve all your problems. Yep, and agree. You're, you're, you are the problem solver. What we're teaching you, what I teach, and I'm different from everybody else, and the guys that have taught with me, they know I'm on a different level. I teach at a different level, and that's simplistic. I teach very few skills. I teach watch the product. The product tells you a story, whether that's a polish or compound or a towel scratching or the coating. Watch the product, the paint. And these these products and these plastics, they tell you a story. Watch it. Look at it. It doesn't look right. You're right. It doesn't. It's always the first instinct. I teach simplistic. You don't need all these products. You don't need this. You just need 
to be the best you can be, and you need to watch it, feel it, taste it, touch it, smell it. And and somebody that gets to your level, you almost become systematic. Yeah. One of the things guys are always asking us for is a system. There's then no we, magic bullet. Then we have a system, and they <coughs> start to branch out of that system instead of learning how the system works and how they can work it and how they can manipulate the system, everyone's looking for the next system. Once a system's built, now, the way I was taught with, with compounds and polishes is, if one's too aggressive, go to the other one, switch your pad. Uh, if you're not getting the cut you need, uh, use this, use your pressure different, use your speed different. Instead, now guys wanna run to the cabinet and grab a different compound. Yeah. And, that, and that doesn't help you out at all. That just confuses yep. you more. Yep, and so you wanna limit your options. When you limit Absolutely. your options, you start to develop what you're calling simplicity. Yeah. And so that's what guys need to take out of the word simple. Not that it's actually simple. No. Think of the iPhone. I take the iPhone out. I push power. I'm, my iPhone's up and running. There is a zillion dollars in that one experience. Mm -hmm. But it's simplistic because that's, that's why Apple's taken over the tech world is the simplicity. The same yeah. needs to be this with your skill set is... Hey man, so-and-so has built this system. I need to work within the system to get the results I want instead of running to the next system. Yeah. And so let's finish with this today because this is why we really connected uh, on today's episode. And I didn't want to do something that maybe some guys will, you know, get depressed about or whatever. Jason, we're headed for a tough economic time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's happened several times in my career and it's happened several times in your career. I don't want guys to run from the fact that the government's telling you, the guys that control the money, they're telling you, we're going to make it tough. We're going to send ourselves into recession to get these inflation prices under control. I got to take them at their word. This isn't you and I projecting. Mm -hmm. Go back to 2008. People yeah. don't realize how tumultuous that first year, 2008, nine, it was tough. The world had basically ground to a halt financially. Yeah. Walk me through what guys should be thinking in your opinion right now. <coughs> How did you get through 08? How did it make your business better or worse? Walk me through yeah. that. So I knew the, the work, my clients at that time were, were still the same, but they didn't want to spend the money. They didn't want, we you know we were, you know, I was doing $1,300 paint corrections without coding because coding wasn't even around. Now they wanted to do the same thing for, five to six hundred bucks but i want the same result or similar result which means same result yep okay so that's where we started to really hone in on the products and really know your skill set and you have to major on the majors and minor on the minors not go after every scratch every swirl we're looking at a generalized good product so if I give myself, you know, you have to know yourself and how fast you are. Yep. And that, that, that's a common misconception. Well, Jason can do it in 10 hours. That means I can't. No, you can't. <laughs> Be no. realistic with your skill set. That's number one. Number two, be realistic with the customer. Number three, you have to major on the majors and minor on the minors. You're looking for a full package. Does that look better? Is there is it perfect? No, nothing's perfect. So get that out of your head. You're looking for excellence, whatever, whatever you're getting paid. And then know your skill set and know I can get around this car in five to 10 hours. Okay. You better price that accordingly. How much money do you want to make per hour? And then that's that's your friend. That's what you work at. Um, and you have to give yourself a time frame. I have five minutes on that door, ready, go. Is it a 10-step correction in that five minutes? It might be. Is it a two-step? That doesn't matter. The steps and all that mumbo jumbo, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't even go in my head. So you work I off know, of time. Yeah, I know what I want it to look like. And that comes with skill set and practice. I know what I want to look like, and I'm going to do the steps accordingly, whether it's 100 steps or one step. It doesn't matter. You know, and that's where, you know, I might go with the rotary and wool, wool out the panel 
leave the product on there and just cycle that one product all the way through till it's coated. <laughs> yeah. So you, you and I are so similar on this. <laughs> um, you know, guys need to hear that is that I, you know, the number one way I cut guy, I've never even seen them. They just call me and say, Hey, it's taking me too long for paint correction. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you they're wiping after every step, meaning mm-hmm. they'll do uh, four passes or eight passes, whatever they think they need to do. Then they're wiping the product. Yeah. I'm like, dude, check your work around door handles or the beat up areas yeah. on one side of the car. You got to call it good. And if you go back and you didn't do what you needed to do, then fine, live with it and go fix it. Yeah. But you think of these things that you and I do to save time and they're not, not everybody thinks about that. No, not don't. everybody thinks about, I, you know, everybody wants to make a hundred, 200, 500, a thousand dollars an hour because they saw something online or they went to a training and somebody told them that the way you actually level up your dollar <laughs> per hour is your efficiency. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where you really level up. If I can do, and I proved this not too long ago to, to, you know, and Marty was a part of it. I said, I can do a complete one step on a Lexus SUV in three and a half hours from, from decon down. And I think I can get to 75% clarity. Everybody, including my team was like, that's BS. I said, no, it's not. I'll show you. I know number one, Lexus paint super soft. So once I get the pad and and combo down, I don't have to do eight sec. I don't have to do it in eight section passes, two passes and I'm on two passes. And I'm on. nobody thinks of it that way because they go, somebody told me I had to do eight section passes. No, no, I'm not saying you shouldn't have some baseline of that's our max and this is our minimum, but I can get away with, I know the paint system. I know the color. I know exactly what I'm trying to do. That's experience, but it's also understanding how a product works. If I have a long cycle time polish that needs me to work it to death for the abrasives, then I can't get away with two passes. Yeah. Right. Because now I'm waiting to three and four for it to really break down. If I got some abrasives that are really good out of the gate on a polish, man, two passes is possible. So many people don't understand process and product and how all that stuff links up. And you really told people a story here that they need to hear. The way you get through tough times is you're going to take less money. You may not think so. Yeah. But how do you take less money and make more money out of it? Meaning... Yeah. I do a $600 job in four and a half hours <coughs> instead of doing a $1,300 job in 25 hours. Yeah. That's 600 bucks is way better. It is. It is, you know, and, you know, people say, well, you're counterintuitive. You're spending hundreds of hours and you, you get a small fee for the hours you put in the show cars. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the publicity. Ah. I'm not doing it for my health. It's a long game for me and I'm still in the long game and I've been in it for 20 some years. I'm just starting to see dividends. We don't see any, any dividends. Okay. Okay. We're still investing. We're still thinking we're still doing this. We don't pull hardly any money from KXK. Everything is reinvested. Yeah. And look, guys have heard this. Yeah. Yeah, Guys have heard this from Chicago auto pros. We had Jason on here. He's three years into selling products. They've not made a nickel yet. Yeah. Guys, guys don't understand, man. Like this is golden information of how long it takes to really get somewhere where all of a sudden you go, this is paying off. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. 20 plus years into your career. Yeah. KXK is, you know, what, coming up on close to 10 years old? <laughs> no, 2015 we started. Okay. So seven years old. Yeah. Um, you guys aren't sitting here just counting money in the back. You're, you're still in the grind of development and investment. And how do we get to the next level and how do we do this? And how do we invest in this? And, you know, the same with hyperclean guys, you you guys are hearing next level conversation here. And that was the point of having you on Jason, as I told you before we came on, I don't want to talk like everyone else has talked to you. I wanted to get nerdy. Let's talk about the real stuff. I hope you feel like we did that. And this wasn't like everything else. I want to say this to everybody. You know, we don't publicize it at HyperClean. I don't publicize it on my personal stuff. Jason and I talk a lot. I appreciate the relationship. It's meant a lot to what we're doing and what I'm doing. And the fact that you made time to come talk today, it means everything to me. Give everybody the last message of, you know, 
where you see what they what the what's the next step or what's the thing that they have to accept to be better to 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 get to the next level you're gonna fail nine times out of ten if you're not failing you're not succeeding you have to fail all the time to know where you're at those failures add up to success over time it's not it's not a get quick rich scheme you might get lucky Let's face it, you might get lucky, all right? But there's very few people that get lucky. How many programs, <laughs> you look mm -hmm. at the exercise industry, right? How many different programs how to lose weight? Just get off your fat ass, <laughs> eat right, and go exercise. It's not that yep. hard. Again, it's simple. Yep. Yep. Don't try all these diets. Just eat healthy, eat balanced. And go get off your ass and go work out. Yeah. That's the same. That's how my trainings are. You don't need all that mumbo jumbo. Hey, I have all that mumbo jumbo in my garage. I have all the brands, all this, all that. I don't need it. The reason I have it is because I want to know the thought process between all these manufacturers. Yeah. I don't have to agree with it or disagree with it. I just want to be irrelevant. And the, whatever bottle I have closest to me, I grab. I don't even look at the label. I don't care. Yep. I don't look at the it. pad. Yeah. I just work with what I have. Yep. I, I don't physically, I don't have much. I have one eye that works, one arm that works, and one leg that works. So I'm given parameters and I work within those parameters. Work with what you got. Don't focus on what you don't have. That's a great way to end, man. I, I can't thank you enough. And I know for our, our Saturday morning episodes, guys, this is a little bit longer, but Jason and I have been talking a long time about this. We finally got together, man. I can't thank you enough for everything and, and, and just the encouragement of finding guys that aren't scared of the work is pretty rare. And yeah. so, you know, I think we connect on that level. Uh, KXK and I think HyperClean are just constantly trying to do the right thing and do the best we can. And we're connecting on that. Uh, you know, I can't thank you enough, man. You have a great 4th of July weekend and we'll do it again. Thanks. Likewise. I appreciate it. Talk All to right. you. Yep. Bye now.